And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, totally triumphant Tuesday as we find unity from the Father through the Son and by the Holy Spirit, all for the glory of God Almighty. First, the best commercial for the kids returning to school was by Staples. It showed a dad pushing a shopping cart to buy more supplies for his kids with the theme song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Now, why it's so clever is that we love holidays, and that's a great play on holiday because the kids have to go back to school and then the parents get a break. That's hilarious. But here's the problem. Doing good to other people is not on a holiday basis. In reality, doing good to others is one of the few things that we could never take a holiday from. Next, keep the law. Fulfill the law. Forget the law. Live by the law. The law will mess up the process of grace. Falling from grace is falling back into the law. Let me repeat that. Falling from grace is falling back into the law. Paul had one law in mind. By the way, James had another law in mind. What a mess. Unless we use the key to understanding the law where there is a distinction we will examine what those distinctions are in the law. And finally, forever in our hearts, we examine a devotional from Pastor Ray, our dear brother in the Lord. Today's devotional is entitled, Take Off the Mask, similar to one of the, my brother's songs called Unmasked. The word hypocrite, hypocrites in the Greek, comes from putting on a mask, taking it off, and putting on another mask. That's great for theater, but not for our witness. That show of falsehood should be over. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. All three very good things. Politics, entertainment, and current events. All three not that great things. Personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oive, so much more. Hey. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. And when you call 972-445-0770, you end up talking to Captain Chris, and then you will be... just a chill like sound it's just like yeah yeah 
It just makes you want to chill out. Dave, do you really have to teach what you're going to teach? Uh, yes, I do. But I can do it with the theme song. Okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> you got to have fun, folks. If you're not having fun, it's not my fault. Uh, bottom line, if is if you have a question, a thought, a comment, if you have an opinion, got something you want to share, got something that you have a praise report, you want to share it with other people, something that the Lord's done you think will be a blessing to others, if you have a prayer request and you want other people to join their faith with your faith and we'll pull it all together and beseech the Lord and ask him to help us in our process, do it. It's awesome. We want you to do it. It's not a kvetch fest, which means it's not just a place to come and go, blah, I think this of the media, blah, I think this of the the world blah i think this is the internet blah i know we all do but we're here to encourage and strengthen one another and i make enough quip comments about all those things to let you ride through it for a little while here it is in essence it doesn't matter what the conversation is it's not professional radio it's just radio which is part of the fun of living and getting through the afternoon without just looking at things and banging your head against the wall. With that in mind, who said to Jesus, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Who said that? If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And additionally, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. So all those things will work if you so desire to reach out to us. A quick reminder on Friday, Friday. Uh, that's the best day to have manna. You want to know why? Because it's Friday. Okay. Uh, <laughs> see? I, they're just built in my head, and then they just come out. I can't help it. Uh, bottom line is Friday we'll be out of town, so we're playing a best of, which we consider to be one of the best ofs there is. So you, if you haven't heard every single episode, it might be a blessing. If you've heard every single episode, you need more therapy than I do, but it still might be a blessing. Uh, check out the website to get more information on that. In the meantime, somebody is calling in to give us an answer for the trivia question. So here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How are you doing I'm today? doing pretty good. You know what, Gary? I'm doing better today than I was yesterday. Yesterday was a little tougher day. Things to seem to have settled down and come back to normal. So I do really appreciate you asking that because I'm doing better and I, and I really appreciate the prayers that everybody puts in on this because well, i've been praying for you and I, I know and it helps me i mean without that i'd be taking a long walk off a short pier that's for sure <laughs> so okay well uh, don't forget to thank the lord amen brother amen who said to jesus here and now i give half of my possessions to the poor and if i've cheated anybody out of anything i will pay him back four times the amount it was the publican tax collector Zacchaeus. That is correct, sir! You are right. He was so thankful for his salvation, he was ready to give up, to yield it, to respond, to do whatever he had to do, just to just in the joy of his salvation. Do you remember the one unique statutory feature about him? Do you remember one thing about him? His unique, the one unique. Well, he was short. That's it right there, brother! He was short. Had to climb the tree to see... 
which which probably indicates he was shorter than people think because normally you could probably push through a crowd and get through the front, but he was having a hard time. He'd go up on a tree. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. Excellent job, brother. Excellent, excellent work. Well, uh, you're welcome. Thank you. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. All right. Gary, one of our favorite, 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 favorite people. Okay. Uh, anything else we got to cover? The joke that's coming is good. It's not fantastic. It's not as good as yesterday's. Yesterday's joke was just legend. But all right, listen to this. Mark chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. And he said to the man with the withered hand, come here. And he said to him, is and he said to him, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around them with anger. This is Jesus. Yes, he did get angry. Grieved at the hardness of their heart, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. So Jesus asks an amazing, simplistic question. Is it lawful? This is what he says. Is it lawful to do good or to do harm, to save life, or to kill on the Sabbath? And the answer would have been, it's not lawful to do anything. You can't do anything. And see, Jesus' response is, okay, that's so dumb. Follow me. Doing good doesn't take a holiday. Not from the Sabbath, not from any other time. Doing good, listen to this, is never, uh uh-oh, never restrained by the law, period. All of the comments that people want to make, it doesn't matter. Doing good is never set back, never held in check. There's nowhere it says don't do good here. Do no good to every. It's the Sabbath. Just do nothing. It's like that's not the whole principle there. And so Jesus was angry. I just uh, I just sent somebody a text with Ephesians four twenty seven. Be angry and sin not. You get to be angry, but what you can't do is stew in the anger. Why? What happens if you stew in the anger? It becomes bitterness, and that becomes a problem. That becomes a whole separate problem. So anger is not the sin. Staying in the anger. That's nah, a sin. And then Jesus was angry with them at the at the hardness. He was grieved at the hardness of their So he's mad at them because they're, they're, the answer was pretty obvious and they were dodging the, the real answer. And then he was grieved because they're so hard in their heart. They're so committed to not letting Jesus be the Messiah that they will distort the law to make their case, which is amazing. So Jesus, in his in his position, just says, you know what? I'm just going to heal him. That's, we're, we're done with this. If we don't want to disappoint Jesus, and I would think that's high on our list as Christians, then we never have good taking a holiday in our lives. That's how we do it. We don't always do it perfect. We always do everything. But we never put a kibosh on doing good to others. We just don't do it. It's 24-7-365. Okay? All right. Take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Most of my life it feels like I've been It's incredible. 
and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple. And there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook, type in David Spoon Media. And on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section. And it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video. But you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win, and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. But it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience. What is the David Spoon Experience? Then he says this, don't be afraid. Why should you not be afraid? Because what fear does is immobilizes a person, stops them from moving forward, and it also eats away at faith. Fear has this way. It's kind of like if you think of faith as, uh, I'll do this now, as uh, uh, chocolate ice cream that has peanut butter in it, okay? Uh, That's faith, okay? Fear is like somebody drilling a hole underneath and then taking a little spoon and then pulling some of that faith down, a little scoop by scoop by scoop by scoop. And you don't want your faith reduced because God requires faith to us to engage with him in. That's his requirement. That's the vehicle by which he has chosen to engage with humanity. You don't think God could have said, it's me, you're going to believe, or I'm going to turn you into a fish. I mean, you don't think God could have done that? But he chose the vehicle of faith because that's what he wanted from those that would come to him. A confidence, an assurance in the goodness of God. So Jesus, the first thing he says, ignore it, don't be afraid of it. And then he does this one radically crazy, nutsy cuckoo line, just believe. And we use that in movies and in books and in fairy tales and all that stuff. We're not talking about any of that stuff. This is believing, looking at a situation just like Abraham did, just like we talked yesterday, how Abraham looked at the circumstance, didn't deny he was old, didn't deny he was past childbearing, and said, I'm just going to believe God anyway. Uh, That attitude of just believe, it's taking a stand in the framework of your faith that says, I'm not moving. Here I am. Call me Bulldog. I'm right here. I'm not going nowhere. My faith is solid. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where I cannot believe we're already halfway through another show. It, is, it does go fast. Here you go for your trivia question. I'm not going to give the horn, but I'm going to tell you that if you don't get this, you haven't been listening to Monday shows. Okay? All right. All right. Who said the God of heaven will give us success? We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. Who said this to Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem? Who said that to him? 
The God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you'll have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. Who said this to Sambalat, Tobiah, or Tobiah? Sorry, I said that wrong. And then uh, Gisham. Eh, sometimes I say the names wrong. That's kind of like my biggest thing. Uh, geography in the regular world of life and then name pronunciation in Bibles. That's my, my biggest thing. My brother pointed out that for 10 years I was preaching one particular name on one of the enemies of Israel. And after our sermon, he came up to me and he goes, you know that's pronounced this. And I'm like, it is? <laughs> I'd only been preaching it that way for 10 years. Okay, we got somebody ready to answer the question. Awesome. This is David. Who am I talking to? Yes, sir. It's Will Rogers. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm great. I hope you're better. What a beautiful day. Beautiful day. And I am, and I was just I was telling Gary, I am doing better today. I mean, yesterday I had a lot of stuff going on. While I was doing the show, the guy was texting me on the water leak. It was like all this weird stuff. Today it's just peace and calm and grace. So I'm having a great day. So I thank you for asking me. All right. Now, you re- now are you ready for this one? It's a classic. Yes, sir. The God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding, but as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. Who said this to Sambalat, Tobiah, and Geshem? Uh, that would have been Nehemiah. That is correct, Amundo! A hundred percento. Excellente. That is absolutely it. Nehemiah goes, hey, we're going to succeed, but you guys, you're not a part of this. So bye-bye. Excellent job, brother. Is that just something you knew off the bat, or did, did, did the hint of we teach this on Mondays help? <laughs> well, it was vaguely familiar until you got to Tobias and Sand Ballot, whatever the third guy is. It's like, I don't know. There you go. There's the little hint. Those are the hints, because it does sound like a general text until you get into the people. That's excellent. Good job, man. Good, good job. Yes, I sir. hope the Lord just blesses you all day long. Great job on that one. You have a blessed day, sir. All right. Take care. All right. We're rolling. That's how we do it. We roll. We're rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep them doggies rolling. Ride. Okay. See how expensive our sound effects are? Ready for the joke? Uh, got the buzzer? Now, yesterday's was primo, so you can't say much about it. This won't be as funny. It doesn't mean it's not cute. Okay, cute. Cute's good. And for those who are looking for theology and jokes, stop it. Okay, just stop. If you don't like the joke part, turn the show off or turn the volume down for about the next 60 seconds. All right, here you go. While shopping in a food store, two nuns happened to pass by the beer cooler. One nun said to the other, wouldn't a nice cool beer or two taste wonderful on a hot summer evening? The second nun answered, Indeed it would, sister, but I wouldn't feel comfortable buying beer as I am certain that it would cause a scene at the checkout counter. I can handle that without a problem, the first nun replied as she picked up the six-pack and headed for the checkout. The cashier had a surprised look on his face when the two nuns arrived with a six-pack of beer. We use beer for washing our hair, the nun said. A shampoo of sorts, if you will. 
Without blinking an eye, the cashier reached under the counter, pulled out a package of pretzel sticks, and placed them in the bag with the beer. He then looked the nun straight in the eye, smiled, and said, The curlers are on the house. <laughs> That's cute, right? Okay. See, when people hear that, they go, Ooh, it's like, do you guys never watch any shows ever? Never laugh ever? Okay. <laughs> That's, I'm sorry. What else are we supposed to cover? We did that. We did that. <laughs> I don't even know. The curlers are on the house. Come on. Uh, forget that. All right. Let's get into the text. Okay. So there's what people have uh, is, is a little bit of misunderstanding, too, when Paul talks about the law in Galatians. Uh, and then he, and then James talks about the law in the book of James. And so what they do is they go, well, he said this about this, and he said this about this, even though James was talking about one portion of the law and Paul was talking about another portion of the law. The reason that people don't catch up on that or don't figure it out, even though they're already simpatico if they, if they weren't, but the reason they don't understand that is because they just see the law and they just think of this one word. It's the law. It's like, what is it, Judge Dredd? I am the law. <laughs> it's like that kind of thing. It's like, okay. There are, as we know, somewhere between 613 and 619 laws that are centered in the Old Testament. Keep in mind, this is a very important teaching. Keep in mind, Jesus did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. But there does appear to be quite a bit of confusion. The reason is this. There are three, count them, three, how many? Three, one, two, three components of the law. There are three components, by the way, to salvation, justification, sanctification, and glorification. We've talked about that. Well, guess what? There's three components to the law, the ceremonial law, the civil law, and the moral law. Now, let me say that again for those that are note takers, although there's not really that probably that that probably not that many note takers since you can just listen to this on the podcast there's the ceremonial law the civil law and the moral law now jesus swallowed up all the ceremonial law the civil law was for nationalistic israel and the moral law was increased in intensity. So as we've taught about the Sermon on the Mount for specific illustrations regarding the moral law, Jesus said it's not a matter of you having adultery, just looking at a woman and thinking in your heart you want to sleep with her when she's a married woman, you're a married person. That is committing adultery. So he just made the moral law worse. Okay, It's worse than ever, right? In the ceremonial law, that's all the cleansing issues and the temple issues. The civil law had a nationalistic process to it. That's the civil law to keep people in society from functioning. So let's understand some important notes, really important. The Old Testament is more nationalistic in general, Israel, while the New Testament is more individualistic. Just, just follow this, okay? The Old Testament was to the nation. Right? God dwelling amongst them. But in the New Testament, Jesus says the kingdom of God is inside of you. So it's kind of a movement forward, moving forward as God is progressing in our relationship with them. The ceremonial law encompasses the outside clean stuff. The civil law 
It's, well, it's not the same for the church. Still provides spiritual insight on policy. You know, civil laws that that try not dumb civil laws, regular civil laws. This is, of course, important. Like, for example, if there's a, a, a civil issue and there's a problem between two people, there's resolution to it. That becomes the civil. That's not ceremonial and that's not moral. It's a civil law. So here's what you got to understand. I'll make this as, as as simple as I can. Shellfish is ceremonial. Okay, this is why when they always make fun of, well, it says you can't eat shellfish in the Old Testament. Yeah, that's ceremonial. That doesn't count. Nice try. Okay, mold, everybody's favorite in Leviticus. That's more civil because it could create health problems for the community. So that had to be dealt on a civil basis. And homosexuality is moral. You don't have to like it, and I could care less, because God separates the three so we can understand how they function. The life of Christ atones for the moral failures in the law, and they put an end to the uh, ceremonial law. Civil laws are what society comes up with as a group. Sometimes they're fine. Sometimes they're ridiculous. <laughs> Why? Well, because it's mankind using their civil minds to try and pull it together. But the thing that separates us from God more than anything else is the moral law, and Jesus took the penalty for that, even though the moral law requirement is more intense now. So Jesus helps us in these capacities. The ceremonial law was blown out because of hypocrisy. And the idea for an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth sounds right, but that application was for individuals, really, not for civil matters, just so you didn't know. It's really an individual one-on-ones. Uh, so when people say they're uh, uh, opposed to the death penalty, that's not founded in Scripture because Jesus used five illustrations using the death penalty. So I don't, I don't know. What, Jesus would never support the death penalty. He used it in his illustrations to teach people. What, what are you talking about? Anyway, there's three laws. When you're reading, make sure you know which one goes to which. Ultimately, Jesus oversees or surpasses all of them. The moral will send you to hell. The civil was was uh, something that was moved upon by society to collectively agree upon, you know, 65 miles an hour kind of thing. And the ceremonial was what it's, they thought it was to be clean. Jesus completely destroyed that and then took the penalty of moral law, which is ultimately eternal death. Okay? All right. That just gives you a quick, fast understanding. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. When confronted by the unimaginable, Look at how some of the Bible heroes responded. Abraham's wife, Sarah, laughed when the Lord promised her a son in old age. Why did Sarah laugh? Is anything too hard for the Lord? The Lord answered. That's Genesis 18, 13. Zechariah, priest in the temple, asked, How can I be sure of this to Gabriel? I am Gabriel, the angel answered. I stand in the presence of God and have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Luke, this is out of Luke 119. In other words, God was saying, God can do this. Mary exclaimed, how are you going to do this? When Gabriel brought her that great news of her son that she would bear, the angel assured her, nothing, with God, nothing will be impossible. Luke 137, the disciples questioned Jesus, and he answered them, 
With men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Matthew 19, 26. The Lord reminded the prophet Jeremiah, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Jeremiah 32, 27. If God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8, 31. Praise to him who is able, listen, this is Ephesians 3, 20. Praise to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Finally, when life just seems impossible, we can memorize and believe and agree with the Apostle Paul's conclusion of all his personal struggles. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which is in Philippians 4.13. Darkness comes. This is from John Piper, this, this next statement. Darkness comes. In the middle of it, the future looks blank. But with God, nothing is impossible. He has more ropes and ladders and tunnels out of pits that you can ever conceive of. So wait and pray without ceasing and hope. I think that this kind of thought process, it's not name it and claim it, it's just believing that God is the God that can do anything is applicable for his kids to operate in when their situation seems impossible that we deal in the truth of the possible that God brings. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where our audience is getting smarter and smarter. So this trivia question is going to become harder and harder. (laughs) I can't just keep them all in the same place because you guys are just like, bam, 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 bam. People calling in, people uh, sending texts. So I got to move it up. I got to step it up a notch. Okay. So you have been warned that way. Here we go. So if you remember the story about Joseph, one of the brothers was pretty upset about what the other brothers did to him. Here's what he said. Didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy, but you wouldn't listen. And now we must give an accounting for his blood. Which brother of Joseph's said that? I will say that Joanne and Cordelia answered the question before I finished it, which is fast, right? That's because you guys are geniuses, okay? Well, I'd say it's because you listen to the show, too, but I, I can't because that'll take away from it. But here's the bottom line. Who, which brother said, didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy? But you wouldn't listen. Now we must give an accounting for his blood. Which brother said that? I'm going to give you a little bit, and then I'm going to give you the ultimate hint if somebody doesn't call in uh here we go uh you can call 972-445-0770 you can text in 214-210-8483 that's no problem to do that you can send an email david at he must increase dot org Joy Ann and Cordelia know what my hint is going to be. How bad is that? How close are we all becoming? 
And uh, so you can either call in 972-445-0770, text in 214-210-483, or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. I'm going to send you to the website. I'm going to tell you all the other stuff about the website. Here's the only thing you got to know. Ready? If you can give, great. <laughs> How about that? And if you want to put your praise or prayer requests, praise report, prayer requests on there, fantastic there's a lot of stuff on the website a lot of people don't know about, which is why I'd like you to go to the website and click on those three little lines. Nothing will happen. Your computer won't freeze. Sometimes it takes a second because the hemustincrease.org is built on another domain. So sometimes it's nothing weird, nothing bizarre. I promise you. It doesn't matter if it says this site's not safe. That's a lie. I mean, that's just part of the attacks we go through. Don't worry about that. Go there, check it out, be blessed by it, give, put your praise report up there, put your prayer request up there. It's all solid. It all gets to us. Go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. <laughs> That's absolutely my favorite. <laughs> I'm sorry. I happen to like that the most. I'm sorry. I'm not going to apologize for that. Uh, <laughs> you listen to all of them. It's so funny. Uh, people, you got to laugh. Uh, which brother said, uh, didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy, but you wouldn't listen. Now we must give an accounting for his blood. Which brother said that of uh, Joseph's brother? Here's the only sandwich or the only answer you're going to get. It's a sandwich, too. Okay, the only sandwich you're gonna get. It's the, it's a sandwich. Because <laughs> I bet I, the sandwich hint. I bet like thank you. Yes. Okay. All right. Before we get into the history, I do want to give a quick answer. Somebody's gonna ask. I'm not gonna say who, but I'm gonna answer a real quick question. They just wanted to know about breaking a commandment. Can you be forgiven? If you're forgiven, do you need to be baptized or rebaptized? Whatever. Forgiveness in the Lord Jesus Christ comes about by confession by acknowledgement and confession and yielding. So when you do something wrong, and we all do it, so let's not get uh, weird on that. We all break or do things that we shouldn't do, which is why we're covered by the blood of the, of the Lamb, and that's what forgiveness is. That's what grace and mercy is all about. If you come before the Lord and you've done something, you say, Lord, forgive me, he forgives you. First John chapter 1, verse 9 says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The idea that you have to confess it to somebody else is, it's, there's a part of that in Scripture, but it doesn't require it just to be that way. You can, can just confess it before the Lord, acknowledge it, and the Lord, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So just bringing it before the Lord, acknowledging it, surrendering in it, and asking for his forgiveness if you don't believe he forgives you, this is a, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you this just because I know this is important. 
Edwin Cole was this guy who did this ministry, big, 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 big ministry. And he did a lot of men minist- men's ministries. And so he had this couple, and they were missionary couples, and they said, well, we committed this sin, and we feel bad, and blah, blah, blah. And he said, okay, great, let's pray, let's confess the sin. They confessed it, and then, he, and then uh, they confessed it. He prayed over them. It was great. And then they said, well, we don't feel any better. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, I misunderstood you. I thought you were missionaries. They said, we are missionaries. We've been in the missionary field for 20-plus years. And he goes, oh, well, then your problem is you're not a Bible believer. And they're like, what are you talking about? We're missionaries for 20 plus years. He goes, well, it says if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So you either believe that or you don't. Okay. (laughs) You see that? (laughs) See that? I should teach like that. That's just like, oh, well, I see. I'm sorry. I thought you were a Bible believer. (laughs) Wow. Wouldn't that be just like, Wow. All right, we've got somebody ready to answer a trivia question or a question? Okay, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Annika. How Hi. are you? How you doing, Annika? How are things? Oh, they're, they're much better. The prayers have helped, so we're doing much better. And I understand you guys are doing better, so that's great. Yep. It's always good when we're doing better, isn't it? That's a good place yeah. to be. <laughs> Absolutely. Very good. All right. You ready to answer this trivia question? Sure. All righty. Which brother said, didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy, but you wouldn't listen, and now we must give an accounting for his blood? Which of Joe's brothers said that? I believe that was Reuben. That is correct! It was Reuben! <laughs> Just like the sandwich. Thank you. <laughs> so this Reuben. sandwich helped because I was like, wait a minute, which of those brothers? Was, yeah. yeah. I got I got L sitting ham and cheese. I thought ham was like, we're going to get to Noah. <laughs> you know, as soon no. as you open it up, people oh, go. No. Hey, by the way, that last special uh, sound effect by Chris, that makes me think of uh, it's like a um, a Rube Goldberg chain reaction to get a result, and that result is to get your jubilant response. <laughs> Do you know when Rube Goldberg would set all these little things in motion, uh, like a mousetrap? Yeah. Uh, and he'd have all these things that would balls would roll down ramps, and then they'd bump into a domino, which would make all the dominoes flip and. Anyway, it kind of reminds exactly me right. of the sound effects to some kind of a Rube Goldberg uh, setup. That's a, it, it, it is, but unfortunately it works towards my mind, which is... <laughs> I can't speak for that. <laughs> I often wonder. <laughs> Excellent. But it does get a great response from you. Uh, yeah. What a delight. Very, very, very. And what a wonderful call. You guys are so nice. You and your hubby are so nice. I love you guys. Uh, we love you. Thanks so much. All right. God bless. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, so I want to go back to this because this, I think, is taking precedent. So we'll do history in the next segment, and then we'll do the teaching in the next segment. We're allowed to do things like this because uh, we're in charge. <laughs> your, your money, Dave. Do whatever you want, right? All right, so this the forgiveness part, this is one of the biggest challenges that I come across for people who are genuinely Christians. And I'm going to tell you this, and I'm telling you this because it's honest, okay? We... We know that there's forgiveness, but we're really lousy at receiving it. 
And so what I mean by that is this. So we hear the gospel, we hear something from the Lord, or the Lord knocks on our heart, and we go, yes, yes, great, oh, forgiven of all my sins, yeah, and we're so happy, and we're so elated, and then you move along in your Christianity and your faith, and you're still trying to figure stuff out, and you don't got it done perfectly. But then you'll do stuff, and you'll recognize, gosh, I got a lot of yuck in me, I got a lot of yucky yuck. And then you come before the Lord, and it's as though you either feel like God made a mistake— or he just forgave you up to the point where you said yes, or you're just such a lousy sinner, why would he bother keep on, to keep on forgiving you, or any of those suggestions, and all of those suggestions are not the Lord. The Lord tries to teach us that we can continually come before him to receive mercy and grace his kindness and his love. Mercy means you don't get what you do deserve, which would be judgment. Grace means you get something you could never earn, which is his favor. And when we come before the Lord and acknowledge that we have failed, the Lord is merciful to us. And the, one of the best examples in this is King David after he committed murder, I mean assassination murder, adultery, and about 15 other sins, and then Nathan the prophet was like, dude, you're the guy that did that. And David said, you're right. He owned it. And as soon as he owned it, the Lord directed mercy towards him. That doesn't mean he didn't have to be. He was king, so he was a little bit of a tough, tighter position there. But my point in that is if you've done something and you know it's wrong, or if you've, you're in that process and you bring it to the Lord, the, the passage doesn't say, well, he'll clean you up a little bit. It says if we confess our sins to the Lord, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Bring it before the Lord earnestly. You don't have to do anything else. I don't care what any other person says. The Bible is clear. He will restore you. That's what you want. Okay? All right. We'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. 
That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Now, he's crying. Now, I was still of the mindset that men don't cry. Okay? Just so you can know. And I'm getting mad because it's my story and he's crying. And I'm thinking, it's my story. Why are you crying? That's what I'm thinking in my mind. And he's crying. He's apparently a good crier. I don't know what a good crier is. I learned after my dad died, but I mean, somewhat. But this is real. You know, he's sobbing. And I'm like, and he looks up at me after he's cried for about a minute and a half. And his eyes are red. And he looks at me and he says, this is how the Lord hurts for you. And that was it. Bam. It was like somebody just took a hammer and broke my hard heart and my, you know, my pride attitude and my, my over arrogance and my, my everything looking at that guy showing me crying and tears and all I could think of was Jesus wept. The David Spoon Experience, weekdays at 2 on God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. Amazing grace, how sweet. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Let's get ready for our trivia questions. We have a trivia question. We got to do history, and then we got the teaching. It's going to be a uh, Pastor Ray, a classic from Pastor Ray. Just to let you know. All right, here's your trivia question. All right, this is uh, uh, what powerful governmental person said or announced Jesus to the crowds with the words, "Here is the man." What powerful, that's your key, person, governmental authority, that's the key, announced Jesus to the crowds with the words, here is the man. Who said that? Uh, 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 referring to, you know, introduced you. Who, who, who did that? Who did that? Who did that? Uh, if nobody gets close, I'll give you hints as we move along, as I tend to do. But what power, What person said, here is the man, okay? And then if you don't get that, I'll give you the other translation, and you'll absolutely get it there. That's the one where he goes, here is your king. Okay. Anyway, I didn't do that on purpose. All right, go ahead and play history. Let's do history. Let's go. All right, so we're going to do history. Some people actually might get offended at this. Don't get offended at silly stuff. Just relax, okay? First of all, it's National Napping Day. <laughs> a problem with that? I thought that was yesterday. That was yesterday. I just slept through it. <laughs> this is never going to work for me. Uh, it's uh, just for to let you know, the month-wise, it's National Celery Month. <laughs> I mean... 
Is that, am I supposed to get excited about that? It's celery, so probably it's celery. not. celery, no. Uh, nah, it's International Eat an Animal for PETA Day. This is the anti-PETA people. They've created a holiday called Eat. It's now PETA. I don't know if you know this or not, but it stands for People Eating Tasty Animals. Okay, wait a minute. Or it's People Ethical Treatment of Animals. But PETA, that's all a joke. Forget it. That went nowhere. Do you have to eat the whole animal? No, you don't have to eat the whole animal. Just You know what? Let's just move. Let's just move on. Okay. All right, fine. I got a joke for you then, because I got to redeem it. What did the Tin Man say when he got rolled over by a steamroller? Rats foiled again. <laughs> See, tin foiled. Come on! <laughs> okay, some of us are dying here. You guys have to love me anyway. Uh, what was the question? The question was, who, uh, what person said to uh, announce to the crowds, here is the man? And then another time he said, here is your king. Let's see if you guys can figure that out. Uh, night, and then if you want to call us, you can. What's our number? Uh, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email to David at he must increase dot org. Here's the only other hint I can give you. It's something we call somebody who flies a plane. All right, here we go. <laughs> See, that's, See, that's a good hint, isn't it? Did you like that one? All right. Night uh, in 44 BC, Julius Caesar was stabbed to death by Marcus Brutus. Uh, in 1493, Columbus, Christopher Columbus, returned to Spain after his trip to the Americans. 1892. Wow. First escalator. Wow. 1892. Is that for real? Escalator is patented by the American inventor Jesse Wilfred Reno. The idea for the inclined elevator was originally part of his proposal to build an underground New York City subway. Who knew that? I didn't know that. Uh, And then uh, 1998, on this day, Titanic became the number one box office movie. Uh, And blah, 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 blah. That's it. I don't want to really do anything else. Uh, it was already bad enough where I had to go with the tinfoil joke. So let's just leave me alone. Uh, somebody ready to answer a trivia question? Okay, good. This is David. Who am I talking to? Ronnie. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How you doing? Good, good. Okay. All right, here we go. Straightforward. Uh, this one, who, and remember, it's also what we call somebody who flies a plane. Who's the person who said, here is the man? Pontius Pilate. That is correct. You're right. Now, the joke part of that was the the pilot, right? <laughs> so we call somebody who flies a plane a pilot. Yep, that's it right there. Good job, man. Thank you. That's a great job to do that. Well, I, thank you. Thank uh, you very much. All right. God bless you, brother. God bless you, too. Pray for me now. Keep okay. praying for me. I'll I need a abs- lot of prayer. <laughs> absolutely. I will not stop. Okay. All right, keep us posted. Oh, one, one, one quick. How about Easton? Uh, Easton's doing pretty good. I don't know if you heard the news yesterday or not. Julianne and Jared are pregnant with another baby. Uh, uh, so, I yes. think I heard it one time. I wasn't certain. Yeah. So, you know, most of the time I'm driving around. Yeah. And that I, I can tell you that everything looks fine there. But Easton's steady. And you know what? Right now, we will take steady. That's what we will tell you. We're glad to have it. So we'll keep praying that the Lord will fully heal him, have him fully recover. But 
they also ended up they were fighting about getting pregnant, and then they ended up getting pregnant. <laughs> well, you know that happens. Yeah, and I think I'm, the the Lord's in charge, you know, right? Lord, the Lord does everything for a reason. Exactly. Exactly, and people, brother. People don't understand it, even though it looks bad and devastating and dismal. He's going to get the greater glory out of it. Just let him do it. Exactly right. He will be glorified in the process. Even if we don't get up to it, get it to the run-up, it will be there. Yeah, it will. And so to both, to to Ethan and the one that's coming, it's going to be glorious. Amen. For our Lord. Amen. And we're going to enjoy it. (laughs) Uh, It's great to hear from you, brother. Yeah, it's great to hear from you, too. No, I always hear you. It just... I just don't call in all of I know, I know, I know. I let other people call in. Uh, you're, well, you're, that's kind of you to do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right, God take bless care. you, brother. You I love too. you. You too, brother. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> all right. Haven't heard from him for a while. Very, very good. All right. Now, I only have three and a half minutes. I'm going to read this thing from Ray. It's really kind of a cool thing, but it's it doesn't mean that it's easy. So don't get mad at me, okay? He's going to want to buzz through this, okay? So the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirits, joints, and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the hearts. The inner life of a believer is an odd mixture of motivation, some spiritual, some selfish, and interwoven as the joints and marrows of our body. Even when we aspire to good, our motives may be flawed. The Hebrews attributed power to words. Once spoken, a word existed independently. It became more than a sound of vowels and consonants. Words went forth and did things. This is so funny because we just taught on this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. The word of God is living and full of energy, possesses the power to expose the intentions of the heart and to reveal what's motivated by the Spirit and by love and what is not motivated by the Spirit and by love. Anyone can read the Bible, many do, but to experience the Word as the holy eyes of God peering into our hearts, allowing Him to see our true thoughts, intentions, and motives, that's another thing altogether. We might find ourselves exposed and naked before Him, defensive, desperate to avoid humiliation, dodging truth rather than to admit our poverty of spirit. If only we could see how unnecessary all this pretense is. The embarrassing and humility, humiliating reality we run from is the very thing Jesus said is a virtue. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. We can take off the masks. God really loves us and is really stands with us and is stands there and loves us even behind our facades because he sees the real us, the children he created to love and to cherish. He sees his beloved. I just want to write a little bit like that guy wrote. I love Ray so much. Here's the bottom line. So you'll get to the word of God. This is something in Nehemiah that's really important. If you really want to understand the fullness of this, Nehemiah shares what the word is, and their, their teachers are sharing it, and the people break down. And they're like, oh, we're so bad. And Nehemiah goes, don't, don't do this. Don't respond this way. This is the Lord 
pouring this into your life. This is actually a joy for you, and the, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And go and celebrate with one another, and you're thinking, God, you celebrate. You're just reading all this word and all this stuff, and we're a mess. And the reason that you can celebrate is because God is taking the time to connect with us and tell us this is how far apart we need we are. This is where we need to get to. This is what I want from you. This is what I expect from you. And what people miss is that just him doing that to us through his word is a calling card of his love for us. Because if he didn't care about us, he'd just let us go about being who we are and falling in the holes that we open up on. If you understand what he's saying, that when you embrace the word and go into the word and it convicts you, that's God's blessing to say, need to go better here. We need to do better here. Let's work on this in partnership through the power of the Holy Spirit, the redeeming work of Jesus Christ, and the sovereignty of the Father. We can get this done and get to the place God is trying to get us to. Instead of the word breaking you down, it should build you up. Instead of it making you cry, it should be a sense of joy. Because God's telling you, I care enough to tell you what you got to change. Not too many people in our lives will actually do that, will they? Okay, we'll take our break from the show and pick it back up tomorrow. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.